Hello, everyone. Welcome to Free Reverie, hosted by your one and only Jujubee. If you haven't noticed, that's me. This is a podcast talking about anything and everything. Make sure to follow me on my social media, Snapchat, JBSU, Instagram, JBSU18, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Now let's get talking. Symphony. Welcome to another episode of Free Reverie. I am your host, Jujubee, and we have a guest. And would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Tia McGrath, and talking to you from the North Shore of Lake Erie in Canada. <laughs> I seem to be getting a lot of people from Canada lately. <laughs> it's awesome, the Canadian invasion, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never been to Canada, to be honest. I've never been there. I've only been to a couple states in the United States, but I hope to travel and all that stuff. Yeah, I want to show my son the world, so. Absolutely. We're not far from Niagara Falls. So oh, no. So, yeah, in Toronto. Um, we're not far from, from Indiana. Actually, um, I was telling you earlier, my husband was born in Muncie, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're about, um, gosh, I think maybe only about eight-hour drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, four hours, something like that. Because I, I remember in college, someone told me, oh, yeah, it's only about a four-hour drive to Canada, so all you have to do is yeah. get your whatever. Like, yeah. oh, well, that's that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I still have to get a passport. I'm like, well, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that costs a lot, but okay. Um, uh, yeah, but eventually I'll probably go and uh, experience different things there. I was always told to go to the bars, and I'm like, mm, I'm not really into drinking. Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. Like, I have a drink every now and again. It's just not. Twenty one's over with. Yeah. <laughs> so. no, you don't need to drink. You don't need to drink. You come to Canada. Um, there's lots to do. We live. Um, if you look on the map, um, you'll see Erie, Erie, Lake Erie, and there's a little point that jets out there. It's called Long Point, mm-hmm. and it's actually a biosphere. And so we have all kinds of camping. It's just beautiful here in the summertime. We have camping and. Um, fishing and boating and all kinds of stuff. It's really cool. Sounds like a blast. I'll have to try to make a weekend of it or something like that. Um, yeah. All right. So you are a musician um, and a book writer, correct? And a songwriter. And mm-hmm. a songwriter. All right. So yeah. when and why did you start playing? I started playing, um, well, I started singing first. Um, my grandmother was from Transylvania, and when I was a little girl, she used to sing at all of our all of our big family parties. And Christmas Eve, she would sing Silent Night in German, and I would I would just fall in love with her voice and think, Oh my gosh, if I could only sing like Grandma! <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so I started just kind of wanting to sing, and my mom and dad got me piano lessons. And then I just started entering some singing competitions when I was about 12. And um, finally, when I was about 19, I entered one called the Canadian Open Country Singing Contest and um, won. And from there, I received uh, some a cash prize. I bought myself a guitar. And I also received some recording time at a recording studio in Niagara Falls. And um, so I wrote myself a song, got it on radio, and next thing I know, I'm getting a call to go down to Toronto and be on a TV show with Johnny Cash and June Carter. 
and it was just like you know after being on tv with them i was hooked that was it <laughs> how was that that experience with johnny cash and june well you know johnny cash and june carter i think are the royal family mm-hmm. I, I not the royal couple um they were so amazing i was just i was this little town girl that was really shy really nervous I remember that all the we were we were filming two TV shows, so there was a lot of artists there, and they were all trying to upstage each other or you know drop names or whatever. And I was really shy, so I decided rather than be in the dressing room playing that game, I would go try to meet Johnny and June. Right. Right. And so I stood at the back door and waited for them to arrive and introduce myself to them, and. Johnny was so sweet, and during our during our break, he actually came up to me and said, "I'd like to I'd like you to meet June." And I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, she's in her dressing room. Let me introduce you to her." So he took me back to meet June, and she's sitting there in her slippers and curlers in her hair, and she's doing her makeup. And um, he said, "He said, June, I want to introduce you to this little girl." And and um, she. They're just so lovely. And I remember Johnny saying, who does she remind you of, June? And she said, well, Roseanne. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, you remind me of my daughter, Roseanne Cash. And so when I got to hear Roseanne and everything, I just thought, oh, wow. You know, she's so amazing. And it was so cool that he had said that. So they were they were just lovely. And, and I left that day thinking, you know, wasn't it kind of cool that the biggest star in the room was also the most humble person? Right. They were the humble and sweet people. And they, that, didn't get, they didn't let the fame get to their head at that point. Right, right. And they weren't, you know, yeah, they were just complimentary and very nice and humble. And I thought that's a nice message and a nice um, kind of uh, remembrance to have, you know, model to live by. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So how old were you? I was 19 at the time. That's still pretty young, but that's kind of neat that you would be called like, well, this could have been your dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Pretty much like, oh, you remind me of my daughter. And like, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, you're just like, don't freak out. Just don't freak out. Uh, so like, were you able to actually like play a song with them? And Yeah, we were on, so we were on the TV show together. And so, um. They got to hear what I did. I did my segment. And then at the end, we did a big um, finale where everyone was on stage doing, I think, Will the Circle Be Unbroken or something together. Um, and what's really cool, it was on a, on a CBC show called The Tommy Hunter Show. And about two years ago, I got a message from, from CBC saying that it was their 75th anniversary. And they had picked 75 of the all-time favorite shows ever on CBC. And this particular episode of the Johnny Cat or of the Tommy Hunter show was one of the favorite top 75 and they wanted to air it and um, had the link on online. So they needed our permission. And so that was really cool. So that's on your website. I don't know if it still is. I think, I think it is, but, um, or, or it's expired now the link, but I, but it was on there for a long time. It may still be. Yeah. So the Tommy Hart show, is that what you said? Um, Tommy Hunter show. Hunter, Tommy Hunter, got it. Okay, yeah. so that's that's pretty cool. I'm sure we can find it on YouTube or whatnot, but um, yeah. that'd be so cool. That would make my family's day, I'm telling you. My family is so into Johnny Cash. Like, just hearing that, they're going to be like, 
you know somebody who played with Johnny Cash? Yes, I do now. Yes, I do. But doesn't mean I'm famous. Just saying. <laughs> doesn't mean that. I just got connections. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like really... I like networking. So, yeah. so is your family um, pretty musical then? No. Um, my mom and dad. My mom played the piano. She was beautiful. She she played beautiful piano when she was younger. Um, she doesn't play much now, but um, <clears throat> they weren't. Um, it was kind of interesting, but my grandmother had this incredible voice, and she used to sing in Transylvania when she was a young girl, and she couldn't pursue her career because they needed her to work on the farm. And then when, when she moved to Canada with my grandfather, um, she was, you know, raising babies and working on a tobacco farm. And so when I started to sing and I moved to Nashville, my grandmother would call me and we'd talk and I'd say, Grandma, I'm so homesick. And she'd say, Tia, you're living the dream for both of us. Yeah. Um, keep singing. And that was, that was really, that kept me going. Well, that had to be so emotional. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to think like she couldn't get there, but she's like, live the dream for both of us. Like, oh, that'd break my heart. Well, right, and if she had to come to Canada, you know, to to pursue her dream of, you know, their dream of starting a new life, then, you know, what, where would I be, right? So, right. so yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's so cool, though. <laughs> um, so, um, which famous musicians do you admire besides Johnny Cash and June Carter? That's a really great question. Um, admire. <clears throat> Um, there's so many, I, I admire the ones who are out there doing it for humanity, you know, who are investing their time and talents to making a, a, a big difference. Um, you know, we just watched, did you, did you watch, um, the, you know, the queen movie, right? About oh, Freddie. Oh, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I have yet to watch it. Oh my gosh. Well, I was all, I don't know if you can hear J Jake snoring in the background. If you hear that, noise. <laughs> that's, that's dog. our dog, you guys. <laughs> Jake, the road dog snoring. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, when I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, I didn't realize how important their performance was for Live Aid. Um, I remember Live Aid, um, watching it, and um, so I was just reading something that on, on, YouTube about that performance and how it really was the most iconic, memorable performance of Live Aid. And, you know, when you look back at some of those, some of those rock stars and that, and what they've contributed to, to not only music, but also humanity, you know, um, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we did another Live Aid or something like that? I just right. think that'd be cool. Right. Right. Um, but but do it for a different cause, like maybe world hunger or something. You know, we don't do enough of those anymore. And it's funny, I don't know why, because we could very easily now with the internet, right? Right. Um. So, but but I admire. Um, I've always been a huge um, Linda Ronstadt fan. Um, I admire the women who are like Taylor Swift and that, who stand up for what they believe in, mm -hmm. who are staying true to themselves, and they. They write from the heart, um, you know, and, and just pursue their dreams and, and don't give up. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good message to anyone. It's not just musicians. It's just if you write books and uh, poems or anything, just write something from the heart. 
That's uh, right. That yeah. means a lot to a lot of people. Um, so what are your fondest musical memories? Well, the Johnny Cash one has to be up the there. The top ones. Yeah. The top ones. Yeah. Um, meeting Tommy, my husband, uh, we met, we were both living in Nashville and we were introduced to each other by his publisher. And the first time I remember meeting Tommy and the first time we wrote a song together and the first time we dated, um, you know, it was just, and the first time one of our songs got recorded by someone or, you know, we got in the studio together, it was just, it's just been a beautiful journey us together. We travel all around the world and we go over to the UK and play every year. And, um, we've had some beautiful memories over there too, with our fans that become, they become friends and family, you know? Right. Okay. All right. And then you guys have been married for how long? Gosh, we were taught, um, well, <laughs> 13 years. <laughs> Again, that is, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing that even it's lasted 13 years. <laughs> well, it is, you know, considering we're both musicians <laughs> and, and being on the road together, it's not easy. Um, oh, but, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, um, but we have such a blast. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine today. She's a songwriter and, and, um, she said, you know, Tia, you guys are so lucky. She says, you got each other and, and you know, to, to do your music and stuff. And I said, yeah, but that's a double-edged sword, too, because it's great. We get to do our music together, but then it's also hard because when you have those rejections come in or a bad day, you know, you're trying to make the bills, it's like there's not one of you that can go, well, don't worry, babe, you know, I'll go out and do this and we'll get us through this. You know, it's like wow, we're really in this together. <laughs> yeah, you guys are there 24-7. So it has to be somewhat frustrating. Like, so do you guys ever get time away from one another? Like, do you take separate trips by yourself? Just to kind no. of... No. Never? Never. Um, no, we're... Like, if he... Uh, Tommy has a painting job that he does as well um, when we're home. And... Um, and when he goes to work, I work on our music. I book our gigs and I work on promotion. And when he comes home, we write songs and talk about our day and business and music business and stuff. So, okay. um, so you guys set yeah. time for business talk and you guys set time for like, okay, we're done with this right now. Let's just focus on us. Like we need some time away yeah. from business because the music stuff, it's your passion. However, you must get somewhat overwhelmed at times like you need some time so do you ever like take a step back away from technology and just like go camping all that stuff just enjoy nature for a little while yeah absolutely um like i said we we live up in um beautiful area here where there's a lot of camping and um and that's you know so we do that every year we go camping um but that's also kind of one of the reasons i wanted to write my children's book was because i wanted i wanted something of my own um, you know, I felt it was important creatively. And so when I wrote my children, when I wrote Jake the Road Dog, my children's book, it, it's really cool. Um, you know, Jacqueline, it's like I, I go into our bookstores and do our book signings and I take Jake with me and Tommy always comes along, you know, but it's my thing. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. And, and he's so proud of me. And, and, and I see the work that it's doing with children. We're, we're donating, um, we're donating money from our book sales and we're doing benefit concerts for the Dolly Parton Imagination Library up here. And, 
And so it feels really good to know that that was my thing and my thing alone that, that I'm able to do this work with. And it's, um, I'm looking forward to writing my next one and just sitting down sometime this spring and starting at that and maybe going camping this summer and working on the book. Okay. All right. So do you know what you're going to write then? Or are you just going to start whenever you have that time? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, gather my thoughts about that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's, um, I want to have, I, in the first one, I tried to have every chapter have a message in it for kids. Um, like the first, the first one is Jake. He's in the, he's in the shelter and waiting for his forever family to find him. And when they do, he goes home and, but he has to fit into the family, you know, find his, his place in the new family. And, um, so that's his struggle in the first chapter and, and accepting that he's loved now and he has his own voice. And, and so, um, you know, that's kind of what I want to do with the next one is keep on with those little messages for kids. And um, like I heard something today, it was something like, don't, you can't push things. You have to let them happen. And as I heard it, I thought, well, we've heard that every day. And then all of a sudden I put it in a Jake the Road Dog idea. And I thought, well, gee, what if Jake gets a message, you know, you can't push a wagon down the road. You got to kind of, you know, he's a husky. So maybe you got to just kind of oh, let, it, go, let it happen. Beautiful husky. Oh, no, that's my favorite dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you could do something where um, there's lessons on the road and stuff like like circling back to, you know, family is important. Don't be consumed in, you know, the technology and stuff that's out there. Maybe you could just, you know, use your dog as like one of those like, oh, there's there's too many busy. It's too busy. This area is just too busy. And, it, and the area that's busy would be all the cell phone signals and all that stuff going off in a busy town. Yeah. And then, you know, and then coming back or like family's more important. You need to focus on that too. That's right. You know, exactly. And, um, and that's what we did. That's what I did in this book too. Like Jake eventually goes on the road with us and all of them are based on true stories. And so each one, like one, we're at a campground in New Mexico and or a rest area. And there was this, this rooster, some, someone had dropped this rooster off and it became the mascot and so in the book I have where Jake meets this rooster and they make friends and he's, you know, they find out what each other's about and everything. And then at the end, the rooster says, well, don't forget, Jake, um, you know, make new friends, but keep the old right kind of thing. And so I want to carry on with that and <clears throat> just have really cool messages for kids um, about unplugging. And also, I really, really believe that. From talking to universities and colleges right now, we've been doing some um, college presentations that that they're leaning towards um, blending um, not only learning, but learning through music and combining music and art with learning. So it's not just about sitting in front of a textbook or a computer anymore, but it's really blending a lot of things in and, and promoting that everyone find their story, telling their story through their work. And I just think that's so cool. So, so that's what we're about is, is um, helping children or helping people find their story and just tell their own story. Right. Yeah. I think everyone's story is different and that's what I love to learn. That's why I like doing these interviews. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. when performing, do you still get like the jitterbugs? Absolutely. Um, always. I mean, it, it's just that kind of really cool, 
feeling like you can't wait to get up there and play and you just hope you're having a good show and and it's kind of an adrenaline build, you know, um, call it butterflies. Um, but, but yeah, it, it is. And it's, it's, I still welcome it. I think there was twice in my life I didn't get the butterflies and both times I got up on stage and I screwed up. <laughs> so, right. so now I, you know, yeah, I welcome them. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I honestly don't think I hated doing, um, like presentations and stuff in class. So I don't think I could handle it. It just, I forgot everything. So if I was a musician, I probably would forget all my words. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so what would, what advice would you give to beginners who are nervous then? Well, um, who are nervous. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is practice in front of a mirror. And that's what I, that's what I tell my students. Um, that I teach, you know, I learned that way. I would stand in front of a mirror and sing and, and, um, <clears throat> and if you can look at yourself and sing and face yourself in the mirror, then, then you're going to be able to get up on stage and do it because really that's what performing is. It's bearing your soul and it's being able to let yourself out there. And if you can look at yourself and do that, then you've kind of beaten it, right? You're, you're already there. Um, and also, also, really, perform in front of your family. They're usually the hardest, <laughs> the hardest critics. Um, you know, like they'll get up and walk out of the room and get a get a pop or something. You know, in the middle of your song. So, so just perform in front of family as well, and and they'll be brutally honest with you about your songs, and and um, it's hard to take. But I used to do that. I'd come home from Nashville, and I'd play my mom and dad all my songs that I thought were just wonderful, and and they they'd drop the two cents and I'd be mad or, or upset. And what do you mean? But sure enough, they were right. You know, I'd go back home and back down in Nashville and I'd think about what they said and it would help me write a better song. Right. Right. So even if that you're, you've traveled, you've done all this stuff, do you still do exercises and stuff like that? Like, um, when you practice? Yeah. Um, it's important. You have to, you have to keep your chops up. Um, we were talking about Stevie Nicks earlier, and I, I just read something where <clears throat> she said the reason she's been able to keep her voice all these years is because even when she wasn't performing a lot or recording, she said she sang every day, and she said you got to use it or lose it, you know. And it's true, um, you have to you have to keep your chops up. So I practice every day. I try to sing every day, even if it's just you know walk around the house or whatever, or, or when I'm walking, I you know doing my trail walk or something. Um, it's important. So if you give your voice a break, then you lose it? Well, yeah, like you have to, you have to keep your voice trained, you know, and keep it strong. And yet there's periods where you have to rest it as well. Um, you have to also watch what you eat, what you drink. Um, so I try to do that. Dairy's not really good for for singers or sugar isn't really good for singers. A caffeine's not supposed to be, but I, that's my vice. I drink coffee all day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a coffee lover too. I try not to drink it like this entire week. I've tried to consume less of it just cause it's, it's getting out of hand. I think. How I much, drink, how much do you drink? I, I can drink about three pots. And yeah. Go to sleep. 
just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's pretty bad. But I'm trying not to, like, drink as much because, you know, trying to teeth health and all that yeah. stuff, I probably shouldn't be drinking that much anyways. That's probably why I can't sleep hardly at night anyways. Um, but, yeah, so that's that. Um, do you have plans later in the future to teach music at all? Yeah, well, I'm doing a bit of it now. Um, <clears throat> through my through my career, I've done it off and on. And um, so right now I've got a few private students. Where Tommy and I also lead songwriting workshops as well. And we love doing that. And um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. But as far as taking on a lot of students or going into a classroom or anything, not, not in the near future. Okay. All right. I mean, um, it's, I think it would be beneficial, too. I mean, you could even read to children and all that stuff, too. Oh, we do that. Yeah, Jacqueline. Oh, that. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, you take our Jake the Road Dog events into schools and libraries and we do a little um, uh, we do a little presentation. It's about 45 minutes, and we call it Stories and Songs. And um, I do a bit of my book reading, and then Tommy and I play a few songs from the CD that's with the book. And or you can get the links on online too and listen to that that way. And then we ask questions, and we let the kids ask us questions about songwriting. It's they're amazing. I mean, some of their questions are like, wow. Um, and and then then afterwards, like Jake gets fan mail. The, the schools always send him letters and cards, and it's it's really cool. Um, so we we've been doing that, and we really enjoy that. I really love. It. Oh my goodness, your dog gets fan mail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so cool too. So on your social media, do you ever show like a letter being opened and seeing your dog's expression and? I want to do that. Um, we've got an envelope here. Oh, and he got a an envelope from Kansas of, of, of fan mail. And then he just got a book. They actually, it was from Illinois, and they put the, all their pictures and, and that they drew in a book. I mean, it's so amazing. So I wanted to do that. I said to Tommy, we have to do that. Like, just have a, have a, have a show where we kind of are opening and showing all these pictures and everything. And Jake's sitting there, you know, really happy. <laughs> I think that would get quite a bit of hits, too. So, I mean, everyone loves dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are some of the most ex interesting, exciting projects you are working on now? We are um, we're getting ready to head um, out on the road and do some more uh, dates down in the States and um, some festivals here at home in Canada this summer. And then back to the UK in September. In the meantime, I'm looking forward to writing writing my new book. Um, and also Tommy and I are going to take a lot of our um, inspirational songs that we put on, on our albums and kind of put them on a compilation CD mm -hmm. and, start sending that, yeah, and start sending that out to um, Christian Radio and that. And Posse Radio, yeah. Okay, all right, so where do you draw your inspiration for your music then? Um, everywhere, you know, um, we get ideas from people, things they say, um, TV, you know, um, real life things. As a songwriter, you, you learn, this is one of the big things I learned in Nashville is that you always keep your ear tuned to the ground for song ideas. Right. And, right, and... 
So a lot of times, you'll, I mean, you can be just sitting in a restaurant and you hear the couple next to you talking and, and something will say, they'll say something and it catches your ear and you go, oh, that's a cool song title. Um, today I was talking to our publicist and he was telling me um, about um, a, a concert series called The Well. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, man, that would be a cool, cool song idea, you know, drawing from The Well kind of thing. And so, so I really hear and feel something in that. And when you get an idea, you have to feel passionate about it. If it doesn't make me feel passionate, then, you know, how can I write that and and make someone else feel passionate? So, so as soon as I get that, oh my gosh, there's something in that. Then I usually sit with it a little while and figure out what way do I want to take that? What direction do I feel that that idea would be best um, told? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So while on tour, you get to meet a lot of different people, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of different stories from all those people. So have you ever written a song about one of your fans? Hmm. Like a My dad. Your dad? <laughs> dad. I wrote a song called Conductor for a Day um, based on a story he told me. Um. Yes, yes, actually, um, on the new album is a song called Hole in, Hole in Your Heart, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you have that copy of that or not, but I can, we can have it sent over. We yeah, have a lovely, yeah, I have it. okay, great, um, we have a fan um, in, in England, and her name is Helen, and <clears throat> Helen, um, we first met Helen when Tommy and I were over there playing, and she and her dad came out, and she's a big music fan. And we've become really good friends. In fact, she's flying into Toronto and coming to stay with us for a week. And so one of the things that Helen and I do um, over in England, they love drinking their tea, right? So, so Helen and I will we'll get on FaceTime together and she'll say, you fancy a cup of tea? Fancy a cup of And that means you want a cup of tea. So. <laughs> okay. Cuppa. <laughs> Cuppa? A cuppa, yes. So when we were writing the song, we were writing it for Helen because she was going through a difficult time. And so the second verse, I put, um, I said, we got to put in cuppa somehow. So the second verse starts out, grab a cup of something stronger. It's going to be a long night. Rally up the angels. we got some hell to fight. Um, whatever's going to keep you going around the bend from that hole in your heart, my friend. So we managed to get the word cuppa in there for Helen. Oh, she probably heard that song and was like, I know this is about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. So what's the craziest story that you've ever heard while on the road? Uh, I, we have a crazy story. <clears throat> we were driving from Nashville to Chattanooga for a gig. And um, anyone who's driven that, gone that road, they you know that you go over Lake McJack. Um and so we were coming over Lake McJack, and there's it was a beautiful day. And um, Tommy and I had just been talking about, you know, we got to kind of start making more money <laughs> and figure out a way to start making more money in our music. And so I said, well, fishes and loaves. I have this prayer that I say fishes and loaves, um, you know, based on the Bible verse about taking the fish and the loaves and, and feeding, feeding 4,000. So I said, well, fishes and loaves, Tommy, we just have to believe that the little seeds we're planting are going to grow into big things. 
So we're coming up over Lake McJack and Tommy's driving. It's a beautiful sunny day and I'm looking at the boaters on the on the lake and and all of a sudden I look up in the sky and I see the seagull flying way up above me. And he's got something in his mouth and it falls and it's spiraling towards us and I'm thinking it's a leaf and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden it splats on the windshield right in front of me and it was a fish. It was a fish. He had dropped a fish out of his mouth, and out of his, it was a fish. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so weird. And it just went splat on her windshield. And I said, well, fishes and loaves, Tommy. <laughs> so that was it was really weird. <laughs> okay. That is kind of crazy. Okay. I, I don't think I have a crazy story. Although, I, I granted, I've never really been on the road like you have, but. I don't think I have a crazy story. Anyways. Um, okay, so let's move on to some fun questions. Um, so have you ever been pulled over by a cop? Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. It was different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, we were. in. Um, it was in Indiana. It was? <gasps> yep, in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Oh, shocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tommy was driving. <laughs> yeah. So what'd you get pulled over for? Oh, uh, speeding. speeding. Yeah. Oh goodness, you got to keep men in line, huh? <laughs> yeah. He he got away with it though. He just kind of said, "Well, you know, we were we're just going home. We've been on the road. We're tired. Going home." And I guess I was a little too, you know, heavy on the pedals. So he said, "Well, just be careful. Have a good day." So <laughs> he was nice. Right. Yeah. That's. Pretty unfortunate because there's a lot of cops up there that are here in Indiana that would that would not give a free pass, unfortunately. Um, so he got away with it. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. What was the last lie you told? The last lie I told. Mm -hmm. Oh. I oh gosh. I don't lie. Um, <laughs> um, hmm. I can't, I have to pass on that one. I don't know. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah. have you ever made any prank calls on your friends? No, never. Never? Not even when you were little? No, I was never, I, I don't like that kind of thing. I don't like making... Um, yeah, I never did that kind of thing. I had it done on me one time and it was so, it was so hurtful that, oh. yeah, <clears throat> yeah, mm -hmm. oh. he, this guy called pretending he was a record label and wanted to oh, sign no. me. Yeah, was, yeah, and he called That's me, cool. well, it was horrible. I was working at my, for my mom and dad, I was, I was up working, I was waitressing and the phone rang and my dad came in all excited. My dad was managing me and he says, oh, my gosh, it's like blah, 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 record label. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so we answered the phone, and, and he's pretending that he's so-and-so from the record label. And he says, "I, you know, we want to sign you. And then he starts to laugh and says who he is. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And my dad was just standing there, like, so upset. He, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Usually they're not supposed to be that mean, especially, like, if you, that's what you do. Usually it's just like, is your refrigerator running? 
Oh, yeah, right, right. You know, those little quick things. But, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) What is the best compliment you have ever received? Oh. Um. I'm so terrible with being put on the spot with questions. I I used to do this in school. I'd blank out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to be hard at school. Okay. All right. (laughs) I should have let you know there's a quiz. (laughs) You know, um, I, I remember this isn't the best compliment I ever got, but when it, it's the first one that comes to my mind for some reason, I don't know if there's something Freudian about it or not. Um, but, but, um, my ex-husband, when we were, when we were splitting up, he says to me, just remember Tia that you have a voice as great as Celine Dion. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Um, that's huge, but why are you telling me this now kind of thing? But it, but it stuck with me. And so there have been times when, you know, I, I will start to doubt and then his little voice will come into my head and I'm like, well, that's, you know, it's kind of cool that, that he did feel that. And, um, he supported me like that, you know, mm-hmm. this next question is going to get a little weird. Okay. Would you be willing to eat a bowl of crickets for $40,000? Um, dead or alive? Hmm. The cricket. I, I think it would have to be alive. I think dead. It'd just be gross. Mm. Either way, it's gross. But I think if they're dead, I think yeah. it's worse. Um. Like, do you believe insects have feelings? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you think dead would be better than alive? Yeah. Yeah. So, would you do it? Um, for $40,000, it's just a bowl. Well, they say locusts are, are like candy. Have you ever heard that? Like, is it locusts? They, they, they say they taste like candy. So I don't, um, I think, can I add a hot sauce to it? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cheese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it, that's the case, and sure, like, because if I can cover it, not make it look so weird. Yeah, we'll put maple syrup and some granola and a spoon, and kind of make it like cereal or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Um, so, if you could have personally witnessed anything, what would you have seen? Wow. These are awesome. awesome. (laughs) They make you think, huh? (laughs) It's a lot of things. Um, I would have liked to see. Oh, I'm going to cry now. I would have. No, I don't want to make you cry. I would have liked to see my grandmother sing in her church over in Transylvania when she was a girl. Oh. Mm hmm. That's so sweet. I think mine's going to be the same thing, except my grandma didn't sing. Well, I think she probably did. But my grandma passed away in 2001, so I was very little. I was, like, in the first grade. I think I'd, you know, I'd want um, I'd want to see her when she wasn't. She died of cancer. So oh. I think that I would want to see her back in her original self. When she was a little girl or something. I think my grandmother passed in 2001, too. That's, That's weird. Yeah. yeah, the end of January, the end of January. 
2001 was a terrible year though yeah terrible year so it's just it's weird that it all happened that year so yeah yeah so if you could wake up tomorrow in the body of someone else who would you pick and what would you do Hmm. In the body of someone else. <laughs> I'm making you think too hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I get a little political here? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's anybody in this entire world who would you want to be for you know waking up tomorrow and it's only a day what would you go do with the, with that body um i'd like to i'd like to go be someone who could talk to the world leaders and say you know um have be be the person who could make a phone call and say, you know what, guys, you really need to pay attention to this um, <clears throat> this climate thing that's happening here because we're ruining the planet. And when you you just see see what's happening here, um, you know, like we're not leaving we're not leaving a planet for our children and grandchildren. And this is on your watch. And I. I would like to be that person if that had to be God or it had to be whomever that kind of sinks through to them. I then that's who I'd like to be. Maybe maybe I would wake up and be the polar bear that you know kind of comes and swats them in the head and says, <laughs> you know, um, you're killing me and my babies, and you know this is this is something serious. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And this last question is going to kind of wrap up everything but um are you still learning who you are absolutely in fact more and more all the time um it's uh because i i think being a musician being an artist is is also ma more magnified with perhaps with you have to totally evolve and recreate yourself all the time um, and, and stay alive, you know, musically and, and um, professionally, but also, you know, you have to recreate and find ways to, <clears throat> to keep making money. Mm -hmm. um, but also as a woman and, and, as, and I think, Jacqueline, it's such an awesome time to be a woman right now. Like um, women are really coming forward. We're finding our voices. We're standing up. And we've got these amazing men who are supporting us while we do this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always, my dad was so ahead of his time. When I was a little girl, I remember sitting with him one time, and I was maybe about 12 or 13. And, I mean, he said to me, Tia, do you realize you can be anything you want to in this world? And he said, you, you are, there, you know, you, are, you can do anything that a man can do, only more. You can have children. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, you know. Um so we're so blessed now that, that men are, I think, the, the men who didn't get it are waking up and seeing, you know, and the men that have got it all these years are just so proud of us, and they're so there to support us. Right. And so I, I really I really think this is an amazing time to be a woman, and and hopefully our, our you know, the little girls behind us will, will just have so much a better world, um, you know, and have more opportunities yet. Well, that is beautiful. <laughs>
Props. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being part of my show. If you want to, um, you know, do a promotion segment of your latest album, you can. Okay. Great. Um, if you'd like to hear my new album, Stubborn in My Blood, you can find all my music and my book, Jake the Road Dog, on my website, which is tmagraph.com. And come on over to our Facebook page, um, tmagraph North American Fan Club, and say hi. Jake's got his own fan club page, too, at <laughs> and you can read about Jake's journey. Um, if you want to order any of our books or CDs or, or online, um, please please feel free to reach us through the website as well. Are and, you guys on Twitter or Instagram? Yes, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Tiamagraph, spelled T-I-A-M-C-G-R-A-F-F as in Frank. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And it's for both the social medias, right? The yeah. Twitter, it's the same. Okay. Well, just making that simple. A lot of people mix it up. Like mine's at Perfect Flute. It's just been stuck since... Twitter came about, I guess. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah, because cool. I played the flute, so I don't, and I loved cats, so it fit. So oh, it spelled funny. Yeah, perfect oh. flute. Yeah. Love it. It was a dumb thing, but yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. That's really neat. That's yeah. your story. Your yeah, story, Jack. How it, how, I didn't want to change it because I'm like, I'm the only one that's like that. So. Yeah. 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 I, I like to be creative, so. Um, but like I said, it's so I'm so honored to have you on the show. Um, I got to know you off the podcast and now um, throughout this episode, and um, I'm so thankful to have you. Uh, and now to you know keep in contact with you and all, all that even afterwards, it's, it's going to be quite amazing, and I, I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, let's we can keep in touch through Skype and everything, and. Um... Well, next time we're through Indiana, we'll try to set up a show there for you guys, okay? I'm so excited. She's she's talking about my parents' bar, everybody. It's going to be so <laughs> yeah. cool. So when that happens, I'm going to be, like, spilling the beans all over my social media. Oh, it's going to yeah. be everywhere. I'll be like, come out. <laughs> we'll do a live podcast from there. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be cool. Let's get this yeah. thing going, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so excited right now but thank you so much i'll post all every all the links and stuff in the description so okay. if all the listeners can actually just go to your sites straight from the, the description so they don't have to remember everything um but yeah thank you that's great and thank you michael stover from mts management for lining this up yes uh, he he puts these all together and brings the artists brings all of his artists like like me with with the interviewers and Jacqueline, thank you so much for doing this, for having your beautiful show, for us to have a platform to get out there and share our music. No and thank problem. you all for listening, right? All the listeners, thank you so much. Right. Yeah, thank you, Michael, as well, for getting in contact with uh, Tia here. So uh, it was awesome. You try to have a good evening, okay? Same to you. I'm going to go watch Game of Thrones with Tommy now. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, if you like the intro music, you can hear more and get your own custom beats by contacting me on Instagram at Music by Symphony. That's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y. Once again, that's M-U-Z-I-K-B-Y-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y.